الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما أمر إلا ليعبد الله مخلصين له الدين هنفاء ويقيم الصلاة ويؤتوا الزكاة my dear respected, most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by humbly thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique and wonderful opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him and to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama and we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. I was uh, thinking about what to, to discuss in today's Jum'ah last night and uh, it occurred to me that uh, after having a discussion with someone during the day yesterday um, with regards to uh, to people's intentions when 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 doing certain actions, this person was complaining to me and saying, "Oh well, you know this 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 brother, um, he's doing this, but the intention behind it is something else. So you know, is he is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala not going to ask him with regards to the intention, or is he merely going to reward him for his action?" Uh, and I was. You know, I, I, I had this conversation with this, with this man. And I thought that would be a nice topic to, to discuss. Because it comes down to one simple word. Uh, it comes down to one simple idea. And that's ikhlas. Sincerity. Honesty. Determination. And ikhlas is the highest form or highest level of ibadah, of worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an on many different occasions. I mentioned in, in, in one, just one verse in my khutbah where Allah azza wa jal states, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْمَدُ اللَّهُ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and indeed we have sent down to you the book of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with truth. So worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ With absolute sincerity, with absolute uh, determination with regards to your religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another verse, uh, Allah azza wa jal says, قُلْ Say to them, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That indeed my, uh, my salah, my, my sacrifice, my life and my death are all for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, the Lord of the worlds. This is the essence of, of what ikhlas is. This is the essence of what sincerity is. That every single action that you undertake, every single thing, your salah, your prayer, what your nusuk, your sacrifice, wa mahyaya wa mamati, your life, your death, all, everything in between from the, from the start of your life until the day that you die should be done solely for the purpose of seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. That's what, 
the essence of, of ikhlas is. It's our human nature. It's our fitrah. That our conscious, conscience is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we're always vying with ourselves, challenging ourselves to please Allah azza wa jal. So then the question must be asked, if this is what ikhlas is, then what's, what's a good amal? What's a good deed? A good deed is that which is done, performed, with having this intention to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beforehand. Those good deeds that you do. You see, for example, there are many individuals among us who do good deeds, many people. We're all among them. We try to do as many good deeds as possible. But there are also many good deeds that we do. But the intention to solely seek reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not there. That's, unfortunately, that's the case. There's a reason why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ سَامَ رَمَضَانَ إِيمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمِ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ Whoever fasts in the month of Ramadan, in the state of Iman, wahtisaban, seeking reward solely from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, always previous sins will be forgiven. Man qama Ramadan, imanan wahtisaban, Whoever stands up at night to pray in the month of Ramadan, in the state of Iman, seeking reward solely from Allah, his previous sins will be forgiven. Why did Allah subhanahu wa why did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam feel the need to say ihtisaban <coughs> after he said iman? In the state of, 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 of faith and in the state of seeking reward solely from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because there are certain actions that we undertake just so that we can please other people without attempting to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every action that we do, which has an, an intention behind it, and that intention is what's going to be rewarded more than the action itself. The intention is actually, in a way, far more important than the action itself. You see, if I intend, if I go to sleep tonight, and before going to sleep, I make the intention, and I put my alarms on, that I'm going to wake up at... Uh, at 3 o'clock. You see, I'm going to wake up at Tahajjud time. And I'm going to recite some Quran. I'm going to read my Tahajjud prayers. I'm going to spend those two hours, an hour before Fajr, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I do my due diligence. I put on my alarms. Everything is all set. I go to sleep. But I don't wake up. My alarms keep ringing, going on, off. And I wake up Fajr time, two hours later. The question that must then be asked is, am I going to be rewarded for the worship that I would have performed during those two hours because I made the intention? And the simple answer to that question is yes. I'm going to be rewarded as if I performed ibadah and worship during those couple of hours. Why? Because I had an intention there. And I was sincere within my intention that I wanted to get up. I'm, I, I did my due diligence. I made sure I put my alarms on. I was fully prepared. But unfortunately, I didn't wake up. 
So I'm going to be rewarded in accordance with my, with my intention, even though the action didn't follow up. Or I wasn't able to follow up through action. So it's imperative that we first purify our niya, purify our intentions, before we actually undertake all of our actions. And this as a community, as time goes by, this is, this is something that we're having to face. This is something that we're having to, uh, to do more and more or spend more time on. Because we have the actions. There are, like I said, there are people out there who perform good actions daily. But unfortunately, some of the good actions that we perform, we're not doing them to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're doing them to please each other. We're doing them to please our parents or please our siblings or please our, uh, our, our, our spouses, our wives, our children. We're, not, we're doing them for every other purpose other than to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's imperative that, you know, those actions are only going to bring about, and then, you know, we complain. We complain that, oh, we do our worship, we do all of this, but our lives are not changing. We're still stuck in, in a rut. You know, I'm, I, I'm doing all of this, but I'm, uh, I'm, having, I'm still having to work for three or four jobs to try and make ends meet. I'm still, you know, uh, uh, drowning in poverty. You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it clear to us that if you take out time for Allah's worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will, will grant you enough that what you have will be sufficient for you. And if you don't take out time for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's worship, then you will be stuck in a rut. You'll be working and working and he'll make you busy in life, busy in trivial pursuit. So much so that you'll be, you'll be working, it's as if you'll be working all of the time. Yet you'll still be complaining that I don't have enough, I'm not making ends meet. It's not satisfying me. It's not enough for me and my family. And this is what it comes down to, understanding our niyyah. The sincerity behind one's intention. Because, you know, you could, be, you could be the worst of people. You could have committed sins. You know, every son of Adam is a sinner. But the best of the sinners are those who repent, who turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in repentance and seek forgiveness from Him. So we're all going to commit sins. None of us here are perfect, right? Some of us are going to commit more sins than others. However, one simple deed done solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can serve as a recompense for all of the bad that we've done. I'll give you an example. You've heard of that story in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu of that woman. This woman was, was, was known to be uh, an unchaste woman. She was in fact in, 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 in some quarters described as, as being a prostitute. She sold herself for money. And this one woman, she's, she's one day uh, walking and she comes to, it's, it's, it's a hot day, it's probably blazing sun in the, in, 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 in the desert and she comes across a well and she, she takes, she takes her, uh, uh, her shoe which was curved and, 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 and had a dip in it and she places it inside and she, she has some water. She takes some water and she, she replenishes 
herself. And next to the well, she notices a, a, a thirsty dog, a dog who is dying from, uh, from dehydration, who, unlike her, is unable to get the, or retrieve the water from the well. So she sees this, and a feeling of, uh, of um, that human empathy, which is the natural human fitra, natural human emotion, she, she takes, she goes into the well again, and she takes the, the water out, and then she starts feeding the dog. Thinking of that animal, that this is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if she doesn't feed it, this dog will die. Her intention was to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this action because she did not expect anything in return. That dog wasn't going to give her anything in return. So this action was done solely for the purposes of reaching proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She's not doing it to show off clearly. There's nobody there to show off to. She's in the middle of the desert. She was not gaining anything in this dunya, was she? The dog wasn't, she wasn't going to feed that dog and suddenly become rich in this world. No. She did it for her akhirah. And she was rewarded accordingly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave for her her sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this one action, one deed of hers, forgave for her her sins. You see, there are various examples in the ahadith, of the, in the uh, lifetime of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People who achieved uh, this success, or this version of success, which is based on sincerity, which is based on ikhlas, yet we don't even know of their names. We don't even know of their names. They were you're simply a woman, She's in a hadith. She's, in, she's mentioned in the six books of hadith. A woman who would come and clean the masjid of the Prophet Nobody had told her to do it. Nobody had told her to do it. She would come and clean the masjid of the Prophet That's it. Solely seeking reward from Allah Azza wa Jal alone, not for anybody to look at her and be, uh, you know, uh, give her compliments or to pay her. She didn't do it for any monetary gain. She was doing it only for the purposes of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One day the Prophet notices that this woman hasn't been cleaning the masjid anymore. So he inquires about her. He asks about the woman, where, where, where's that woman who used to clean the masjid? And the companions turn to the Prophet and say, Ya Rasulullah, she passed away. She passed away and we prayed over her, i.e. we read her janazah and we we buried her. And the Prophet wasallam said, Why did you not inform me? And they turned to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, you were busy with this or you were busy with that. And we did not want to burden you. We did not want to disturb you with this information. Because they felt that it wasn't, you know, a, a, a janazah perhaps of, 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 of reputation that the Prophet would, would need it to have known. There, was, there wasn't anything special about this woman. And the Prophet ﷺ became extremely angry with them. And said, tell me where you buried her. Tell me where you buried her. And then they took, it, they took the Prophet ﷺ to her grave, and the Prophet ﷺ made dua for her, prayed over her there. So just a small deed. Why was, what, what was that deed of hers that gained her that level of, uh, of honor 
and dignity in this world that the Prophet ﷺ wanted to pray over her. The Prophet ﷺ did indeed pray over her because she would simply do an action, a deed that's coming into the masjid, cleaning the masjid for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There were so many others like that. They weren't among the akabir of the Sahaba. They weren't among the leaders of the Sahaba who were known for their good deeds and their good works. The likes of, of, of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, Umar, Uthman, Ali. They weren't of that ilk. But yet they were noticed by the Prophet wasallam because they were doing deeds that perhaps were small but were pleasing, for Allah, pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They had much sincerity behind them. So it's imperative that we understand this in the day and age that we live in today, in the day and age that we live in, it's more important, more so than ever before, that every action that we do, we should, we, we should do it. Or we must have this intention that we're going to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or we're doing this for the sake of achieving the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because only then is that action going to prove fruitful for us. So it's like the simple things. You know when people come to pray salah in the masjid, right? Sometimes we ruin our ibadah by doing other things. Like for example, I've seen people who come into the masjid, come to pray, but they're still speaking out against other individuals. I've seen this. By Allah, this with my very own eyes and with my very own ears, I've heard people abusing other individuals while they are coming to pray five times a day in the masjid of, the, of, of Allah Azza wa Jal. And I think to myself, you're ruining your ibadah by engaging in this type of activity. And the only reason, the only reason why we're still engaged, if we're praying five times a day, that we're still engaged in such idle talk, and we're still attaining the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is because our prayers are not sincere. There's no ikhlas within our salah. Because Allah promises us that whoever prays, if you pray your salah, what does salah prohibit you from? It stops you from evil and indecency. Indeed, salah prohibits you, it stops you from evil and indecent acts. I always give that example. The people who are praying five times a day in the masjid are not going to be the ones who are then leaving the masjid after Isha and then going to the club at night. That's not going to happen. Because they're engaged in worship. This worship gives them a certain sense of honor and dignity. And it also gives them a certain sense of khawf, of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this taqwa that, that then develops. That what did I just do? I just prayed the, my, my, my isha in the masjid and now I'm going to go and have a drink and, and ruin the ibadah that I've accrued, the worship that I've accrued. Because of that, they, they, it, it stops them. And this is, this is a, a reward, a blessing of the salah. On the other hand, we see people who are praying five times a day, who, who perhaps are not doing those type of evil activities. But they're hurting somebody else's feelings. They're backbiting about other people. They're by eating the flesh of their own brothers and sisters. 
Perhaps they're swearing often, they're abusing often. Perhaps they've, they've taken somebody's wealth by force. They might have done any of these actions, but they're praying five times a day. Those are the individuals who will be praying five times a day, but they won't be getting anything from their prayers. Because their prayers are not changing them or bringing, bringing about a change within them. See, you know when the Sahaba used to pray, they, they, you know, they often describe their stillness is, is described in the prayer, in, in the hadith of the Prophet But also, this, this is a metaphor for how they lived their lives. The, the, the tabi'een would state that the Sahaba, when they prayed, they were like statues. As if, and they were so still that birds would perch on their shoulders. And this is a metaphor too, that they were so engaged in their worship, they were so engaged in seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that nothing could distract them from it. We've heard of that story. There was, there was, a, there was a great, uh, uh, I believe it was a, 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 one of the tabi'in who was praying. And he was, he was praying his salah. And, and, and uh, the, uh, his wife had left his child next to him. And he started praying his salah with his child uh, next to him. And a snake came. And a sn the snake came closer to the child. And this Habi is, this, this Dabi is completely unaware of, of this snake coming closer to the child. And suddenly there's, there's an uproar in the house. Somebody mentions something. And the women come out. And they come closer. Someone picks up the child. Another pick, uh, uh, woman picks up something else to, to hit the snake with. And eventually they kill the snake. And this, this uh, tabi'i, he gives his salam. He turns around and he said, and the, he, he turns around and his wife says to him, you know, what's wrong with you? Did you not hear all of that? that was Did you not just see what just happened? And he said, I was concentrating on my prayer. I believe, you know, I heard something was going on, but I didn't, I didn't have absolutely any idea what it was. Because they were so engaged in their worship. You see, now the smallest of things, you know, I often have people come to me and, and, and ask me, how can I remain more concentrated in my prayer because my thoughts waver? I think about this and I, you know, you know, subhanAllah, we're so different from the Sahaba, and rightly so because they were the best of people, that, you know, those thoughts that we wouldn't normally think about or we wouldn't entertain, wouldn't come into our mind, they even come into our minds when we start praying. Is that not the case? Is that not the case? That when you, you normally wouldn't think about certain things, but when you start your prayer, even those thoughts come into your mind. Anything to distract you. And, and you know that that's for two reasons. We can't just blame that on shaitan. Because shaitan is, of course, his aduvum mubin. He's your clear enemy. He's going to draw you away. He's going to give you to, to uh, try to distract you and I as much as possible. But we have to take a certain amount of responsibility for that too. Because our nafs, which is ammaratun bisu, which is drawing us towards evil, always, it's our fault too, because those thoughts that we entertain in our minds during the prayer, 
It's us thinking about them. It's us bringing them into our minds. We have to take responsibility for those, for those things as well. You know, it's like, for example, when we look at Ramadan. Ramadan is, is a month in which the shayateen are chained up. They're locked away. The doors of Jannah. Jannah. The doors of Jannah are open. The doors of Jahannam are locked. And the shayateen are locked away. They're chained up. But yet, our mind still wanders within the prayer, doesn't it? Yet, some of the actions that shaitan would, would encourage us to do, some of those bad, evil deeds, we still do them sometimes. Why? Because it's our nafs. We're so, we've made ourselves so used to that, that we're unable to take us, ourselves away from it. And I believe that ultimately comes down to one simple reason, and that's ikhlas. Not sincerity, that when we pray, we, we're not sincere enough within our prayers. When we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance, we're not sincere in our repentance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Tubu ilallahi tawbatan nusuha. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a sincere nusuha. With a sincere repentance. You so, there's something, it's like this, you know when, if I have an argument with you, Pay attention to this. If I have an argument with you and we break up, our relationship, relationship becomes strained. I have wronged you. You feel like you deserve an apology from me. So uh, an intermediate, somebody else who mediates, tries to mediate between us two and says, look, you know, you brothers need to sort out your differences. And you say, well, you know what? He said this to me. He did this to me. I deserve an apology. And that might be the case. So me, just because the, the, uh, uh, the mediator tells me to apologize, I say, yeah, I'm sorry. You see, what are you going to say to that? Are you going to say, oh, that's fine. Alhamdulillah, he apologized. No, you're not. You're going to say, listen, what kind of an apology was that? That wasn't even sincere. He doesn't mean it. Because you've been hurt. You've been abused. You felt the things that I've said to you. They've hurt you. They've harmed you. You expect a sincere apology from me. And all I turn around and say, oh yeah, okay, then just because he said so, I'll apologize. I'm sorry. You're going to say, this guy doesn't mean it. He's going to make you more angry than you were before. That's what's going to happen. Now think. Just think. Think of what, how we seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, after we finish our prayer, and then we say, Astaghfirullah, 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 that's it, take it, Assalamu alaikum, and leave the masjid. You see, when we say, Astaghfirullah, I seek forgiveness from Allah, there should be, first of all, shame behind that. Shame for all of the bad deeds that we've committed. All of the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we've transgressed. There should be a feeling inside our hearts that, oh Allah, I've wronged myself. Because when we, when we sin, we don't commit zulm upon Allah. Allah is free of that. We commit zulm upon ourselves. We wrong ourselves. When we want to, take an example of when you sincerely wish to seek forgiveness from somebody else. 
and you want so badly for this person to forgive you for the wrong that you've done to them. You'll beg, won't you? You'll do whatever it takes. You'll say, please, I am really sorry. Please forgive me. <coughs> Excuse me. You'll do whatever it takes. What will it take? You'll say that, what will it take for you to forgive me? Tell me and I'll do it. How often do we seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same way? And say, oh Allah, please, what will it take? Oh Allah, please forgive me. How often do we shed tears? How often do we cry and beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness? Tearfully. Now, the Sahaba, they were described as their faces would become sullen. You know, permanent marks would appear on their faces where they'd been shedding tears. Seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Permanent marks would appear on their faces from shedding the tears. That's the difference between their, them and us. The reason why the reason is that simple is quite simpler. They were they were mukhlisin al They were sincere with regards to their religion, and this is this is exactly what our our deen, our religion is. It's sincerity. The Prophet وسلم, said, and he repeated it three times. Said, inna dina, inna inna nasiha, inna dina nasiha, inna dina nasiha. That indeed, religion, deen is sincerity. Religion is sincerity. Religion is sincerity. That's, in, uh, that's what our deen, our religion is made up of. Being sincere. Being sincere to what? The, the companions asked, Being sincere to whom? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Lillah. For the sake of being sincere to Allah. وَلِكِتَابِهِ And being sincere to his book. وَلِرَسُولِهِ And being sincere to his, 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 his messenger. And then being sincere to the leaders of the Muslims and the awam, the normal people, and the rest of them, the general public. How can you be? First of all, we have to be sincere to Allah, and I'll leave it at this. We be, we're sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing our good deeds solely for His sake. We're sincere to His book by reciting it often and acting upon what is in it. We're sincere to His messenger by following nobly in His sunnah. We're sincere to the A'immatul Muslimin by doing those things that are, are going to bring about peace among ourselves. We're sincere to our people, our, our colleagues, our brothers and sisters so to, to bring about a society of peace and understanding. Which is like the society in the community of the Prophet ﷺ in Medina. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the noble sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ.